Great, we are live right now. All right, guys, welcome to the Thursday. It's a super Thursday, and I'm so privileged and honored to bring you two phenomenal speakers. Our main guest, Mike Chu, is not only a good friend, but he is also a high-performance coach, phenomenal entrepreneur, champion developer, and somebody that we admire. And we're so blessed to have him on the show here today. Alongside my co-host, welcome back, Angeline Weymeyer. I'm so glad that you could join us here again. And um, I'm grateful for the audiences tuning in today, um, coming back live, uh, listening to these phenomenal powerhouses talk and providing massive value. Because we all know that entrepreneurship, it's not a sprint, but a marathon, guys. And so often do we forget to enjoy the journey, that process that we're currently in. And we all face setbacks and challenges, and that's exactly why the Entrepreneur Speaker Series was founded to share with you those challenges and how we overcame, how our speaker overcome them, and, and the lessons learned along the way, so you can model those lessons and accelerate your journey. So with no further ado, I'm really, really excited for our uh, honored guest today, Mike Chu. Welcome to the show. Excited wow. to be here. Wow, Mike, it's, it's such an honor. You know, you have been coaching me for three years and I want to be open and tell the audience when I when I start my own business, I really don't know how do I lead a team? Like, how do I run a business? What kind of mindset? And Mike, you has been so patiently with me and coach me. This is our three years together. I have seen that the person I have I have grown and I owe a lot of thanks to you. I want to say thank you for being here and add value to the community. And I know you very well, Mike, right? But many people, maybe this is the first time they heard from you. Would you be able to give a little bit quick background about yourself? What do you do? And how do you end up having your own business and become a champion development uh, founder, right? Yeah. So, so 15 years ago, I got into sales. And it's not something that I ever, ever thought I would ever do. Um, in fact, I was pretty shy. So sales seemed like a really scary thing to ever consider. It was a summer job. Um, but I ended up not only loving sales, but I loved the like the, the management side, the, the sales leadership side. So it opened the doors to me on learning entrepreneurship, learning uh, leadership. And for the last 15 years now, uh, that's all I've done. And we've, you know, we've led and overseen three different seven-figure direct sales organizations, which then led to me uh, launching and building Champion Development, which is a peak performance coaching program for direct sales leaders, entrepreneurs uh, that are growing high six, seven, and even eight-figure uh, businesses. So that's kind of my quick story in a minute or two. That's amazing. Like. If, if people just look at you, Mike, you said you, you're shy and nobody going to believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what you're telling us, even uh, although you are very shy, but you still can learn the skill of being sales. Mm. So why sales is so important in terms of running a business? Because um, we have been taught that sales is the heartbeat of every business, regardless you are in direct sale, you work for a sales job, you, you have your own other business. Sales is one of the very important skill that most people need to have. However, yeah. the majority, they have this uh, fear of rejection. Would you be able to help us see how do you overcome it and create such a great success in your life? Yeah, it's a, a really good question. So sales obviously gets a really 
bad rap. And, and rightfully so, because there are some bad sales processes and bad sales people out there and sales can feel really uncomfortable. So for those of you listening in, if you're in sales already or considering it, part of the reason why sales feels uncomfortable to people at first is because the energy or the attitude of it is that you're trying to get something from somebody. And most of us as human beings are givers by nature. We wanna connect, we wanna be accepted, we don't deal with rejection very well. We want to be loved. And if we're trying to take something from somebody, it feels like we're doing the opposite of what our like, natural human wiring is designed to do. And that is to give, love, connect, et cetera. And so the first thing would be to realize that if you're having that uncomfortableness with sales, explore within yourself if you're operating solely or in an unbalanced weight of how much you're trying to get from it. What you're trying to take from somebody, somebody, what's in it for you that you're taking money. And I guess secondly, what you could do to shift that a bit is sales always feels really good when you can powerfully identify how it's a win, win, win. Not just a win-win. Everybody talks about win-win where it's a win, win, win. How does your consumer or customer win by purchasing or whatever you're, you're selling, right? How do they win? Could you make a list of 10 to 25 benefits or reasons why they win? Then look how you win. What are 10 to 25 benefits that you get when you make a sale? And then even look at the benefits the company you represent the product you represent. What benefits does the company get when you make a sale? And when you can feel into the fact that selling is a transaction that gives to so many parties, it blesses you know, so many families and how the product impacts, not just one person that buys it, but chances are, like let's say you're selling a car, right? How does the car benefit not just the buyer, but now the kids that are in it that are safe or uh, the carpool that they're in or their ability to get to work and then, that business that they work for, how do they benefit that their employee can get there on time and get there happily instead of taking public transportation? And then that company benefits. And how can you look at how whatever you sell is a win, win, win? So that would be the first point I'd have about sales is that it feels uncomfortable when it's all about what you're taking. Beautiful. And Mike, you know, I, I was referred to you, right, from uh, Darius. And Darius, said, yeah. Darius, yeah. He said that you are the expert in terms of direct sale. So my question for you is why you are so passionate about direct sale? And 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 I know your mission is to want to change the in industry, right, and yeah. empower people to become a very successful entrepreneur in the direct sale industry. So what inspired you, first of all, to start your own direct sale company and also to train people in that industry? Yeah, you, you said part of my, my purpose within the direct sales industry is to change the, the reputation, to change how, and part of my mission is I want to get to the point where direct sales, somebody could come home to their spouse or come home to their parents and say, I got a job doing blank whatever company, indirect sales, and parents, friends, family, would have the same reaction as if someone came home and said, I'm gonna be a lawyer, or I'm gonna be a doctor. And let's be honest, that's not the reaction most people get today when they say I'm doing network marketing, or they say I'm doing direct sales or MLMs, whatever the heck you wanna call it. 
so yeah, that that is part of my mission. Now, why I'm so passionate about it, passionate about it though, is because I've seen the other side of what so many people say negatively about these companies or th this industry. And when I say I've seen the other side, I've seen so much good from the companies in two ways. Number one, how it directly impacted my whole life. Mm. Like I said, you know, the way I grew up with the expectation of getting good grades, going to a good school, I went to what most would consider a pretty good college. So therefore I think I was probably expected to then get a good job and so on and so forth. And yet I still chose to stay in direct sales, not out of desperation, not because I had no other option, but because I saw what direct sales does for people if, if they build it the right way. Mm -hmm. I saw how it impacts the individual's growth, how you learn to think bigger or think differently, how you learn to um, manage your time differently as an entrepreneur. I saw how you have to develop as uh, a person to face rejection or how you have to expand your capacity because you don't just have one job. As an entrepreneur, you wear like a dozen different hats. You're the marketing person, you're the salesperson, you're the HR, you're the admin person. And to have to wear all those hats challenged me, at least personally, to have to grow. And grow in such a way that um, I came out of my shell as far as being shy, like I said. I saw the world bigger. I saw uh, the income opportunities that I, I thought were possible for my life expanded. And then the second thing I saw was the impact it had on other people when you do it the right way. Don't get me wrong. Are there bad teachers in the world? Yes. Are there great teachers? Yes. Are there good doctors in the world? Yes. Are there bad doctors in the world? Are there good lawyers? Are there bad lawyers? And unfortunately, same thing in this industry. Are there bad network marketers and direct salespeople that spam you or are manipulative or annoying or whatever? Yeah. But there is the right way to build this business that people feel good, they're growing, making great money. And if more people could learn that skill set, we could transform this industry. But here's the, here's, the, here's the issue. People will go to school for six to eight years to be a lawyer, but most people aren't willing to invest even six to eight months to learn the direct sales or network marketing industry the right way. So what do they end up doing? They end up trying to learn the industry in six to eight hours, probably watching a few modules on their company's website, jumping on a live training. Then they basically copy what they see like their trainer do. And before you know it, we're replicating a lot of the BS, copied and pasted messages and spammy stuff. But if you learn this industry the right way, you grow, people grow the right way. There's incredible money to be made and people are winning in such an incredible way. So yeah, that's where that's where a lot of my passion comes from uh, for, for this industry. Yeah. Hey, hey Mike, I, I noticed, and I think this is obvious, and I think the audience can tell how passionate you are when you talk about sales and, and you say all these beautiful things and the, the how it changes lives, how it makes an impact, the win-win-win formula, right? Yeah. That's beautiful. But I think, let, let's say, in, in my business, when, when I speak to my students, um, I, I, I get a lot of the reactions that they feel uncomfortable with sales. So sure. my, my question to you is how, how do you see sales? Is that a separate thing from business? Is that, is that the main thing in business? And even is sales part of life and business? Like how, how do you see that? Yeah. So I feel like when I was growing up in the sales world, I felt like I was getting 
brainwashed sometimes. Like what I mean by that is people within the companies I worked with would be like, sales isn't everything. Whether you're a doctor, whether you're a restaurant owner, you're always gonna have to be good at sales. And I like partially believed it, but I always questioned if they were just telling me that to get me to sell more, right? And I share that because if you're watching and listening and anything I'm about to say next, if you have a level of skepticism to what I'm about to say, realize that that was me for a very long time too. But to answer your, to answer your actual question, um, sales is the heartbeat of every business that I, I, I've ever been a part of at least. Um, I think of some of the coaching industry that I've been in for the last couple of years. And the, the, the people that you see building their businesses the fastest and the most sustainable are the ones who are willing or already have the skill set of sales. If they're either willing to learn it or they already have it. And I, I think of gym owners that I work with. I think of uh, restaurant and bar owners that I work with. I think of media companies that I work with, right? I think of advertising companies that I work with, all as clients. I think of financial uh, clients that I work with. It almost always comes back to how do I more effectively market or sell my product? Yeah. And you said every, sometimes you'll talk to people and they feel really uncomfortable about it. Yeah, it's, it's almost like they see that as a separate thing. They want to join the business. They, they want to be part. They want to build something for themselves. But then when it comes down to the sales, it's like, oh, I, I don't feel like selling. Mm -hmm. So, so what, what I think what, what we want to learn today is how can we make sales a fun subject by, by shifting the mindset regarding that? Instead of seeing that as a separate thing, it's like the livelihood and the heartbeat of anything you do. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say to somebody like that is, is, is this, that sales maybe isn't for everybody. Now, in the same breath, I think everybody should do sales at some point. All right. So it's funny that I, I would say both sides. I think everybody should do sales at some point. When I say some point, do a sales job for 90 days. Do it for six months. Do it maybe for a year. Um, for the sole reason of seeing how it challenges you to grow, your confidence, your, your speaking ability, your ability to connect, your ability to handle rejection. But in the same breath, maybe it's not for everybody. And that's okay. That's why people are meant to be artists and musicians. People are meant to be doctors and lawyers. People are meant to be teachers and you know whatever. We're all put on this earth to do uh, different things that are, are meant for us. But what I would say, is that if your initial reaction, as soon as you try to do sales, you want to be in this company, whatever company it is, and you find yourself being, I love what the company offers, and I, I, I want everything that's possible with this company, but I don't want to do sales, if that's the main thing holding you back, then the main thing I would say to you is this is a great opportunity to grow. And anytime we have something that feels really scary, we should stop attacking the thing that's making us feel scared first, right? And first look within ourselves and say, what about this feels so scary? What about, and, and that's where some of the growth comes from, right? Because more times than not, for example, like one of the scariest human emotions that we can experience as human beings is rejection. 
Yeah. Right. And why is that? Because it goes all the way back to our caveman days, right? Where if we didn't fit in with the pack, we didn't survive because way, way back in how we were wired as human beings, we could not get rejected from the pack because the pack is how we survive. Somebody did the hunting, somebody took care of the kids, somebody took care, right? So the pack like relied on each other to survive. And so we are wired as human beings to not feel safe with rejection. And so partially, I would guess for a lot of people when they wanna do sales for the first time, it's either one of two things, a fear of rejection or a fear of how you're gonna be viewed. It's normally, I find, boiled down to those two things first, like when we get really honest with ourselves. It's I fear rejection or I fear how I'm gonna be viewed, which how I'm gonna be viewed really, if you go deeper, is what? I fear not being loved. Yeah. I fear the people I reach out to making fun of me or saying screw you, or which again, rejection and not being loved. Yeah. If you're willing to explore those two fears, for those of you listening in, you can have a massive breakthrough, not only to go sell, you can have a massive breakthrough in your own confidence, your own peace. And I think that's that's worth it by itself. Yeah, my, so I, I'd like to point it out a couple of things that I'm hearing. First of all, you mentioned about direct sell network marketing, right? Uh, to me, it doesn't matter what business model. At the end of the day, it is a business, right? It doesn't yeah. matter what network marketing it's a business so to me first of all i'm very, very grateful that i learned so much from this industry that you taught me so much right yeah, yeah. and even, even robert kiyosaki wrote the book the business of the 21st century they talk about why this industry it's just so good to for you to transition from an employee to an entrepreneur mm. right so mm -hmm. the second thing is if you if if having a business is that you want it's that's your desire then you're going to need to learn the fundamental. The one of the very important thing is sales that Mike, you talk about, right? And here's the thing, Mike, you told me sales, it's a, a skill. It's, we're not born with it. You wasn't born with the sales skill that you have today. Me either, Rob either, right? So to me, I believe as long as it's a skill, then you can learn it. Yes? Yes. Right? No, no doubt. Another thing that I like about what you said is if you are looking for growth, if you are comfortable, how would you growth? You don't have growth. You are comfortable, right? So if your desire is to want to become an entrepreneur, then you're willing to stretch yourself and learn the skill you're not comfortable with so that how we grow. And if you're not good at it, hire a coach like Mike like somebody who can help you to help you grow, but you're not going to say, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I cannot sell. That's why I cannot do this. So yeah. to me, you just don't want it bad enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and sometimes if someone's not clear enough on what they want or why they want it, then yeah, the fear will overcome their ability to take action. So at the most foundational level, if you're starting a business, or you are getting into network marketing or direct sales or something like that, uh, and you got all excited about the recruiting pitch or someone sold you, you felt like you were sold on joining, well, here you are, and you still have a choice. You can say, I was sold on this and I don't even think it's what I wanna do, or you can say, I, I still chose to sign up, let me get clear on what it is I really want here. Because mm. if you don't have clarity about what you wanna create and it's just kinda like, I just wanna make more money, okay? How much money? How much money per month? How much money by when? 
right? So get clarity on what it is that you want to create. And then number two, get clear on why that matters to you. If you don't have leverage, if you don't have enough reasons why, the fear will keep taking over. Sit down right now and make a list of 25 to 50 reasons why an additional $5,000 a month residual would change your life right now, right? Why does that matter for you? And don't just make like three reasons. Write down 25, write down 50. Shit, write down 100. And then watch your ability to feel like, all right, I'm taking on this fear. (laughs) So good, so good. So guys, what I'm hearing is, why is this an absolute must for you, right? Mike talked about clarity and and, and purpose. Like, why is this an absolute must? And and I agree, if you you don't have a direction and a clear vision for your life, and, and, and this happens to be sales driven organization, then of course you're gonna feel uncomfortable because the vehicle doesn't align with your vision if you don't have one, right? So write down why is this a must for you? And Mike, with that said, I wanna transition a little bit into uh, the fear of rejection and how to overcome it. Because I see a couple of uh, comments coming in from the audience and some people are saying like, this is so on point, right? So key, other people are saying, uh, force myself to do this by uh, Rod. He's saying, I did this almost for two years, most uncomfortable experience in my life, but so glad I did it. Yeah. So so you kind of have the two sides of the story. Now, Mike, we, we know from your story that you had to hear a thousand no's, right? In, in your early days, when you were going into your journey, a thousand no's, rejection after rejection after rejection. Can you talk to us a little bit about how did you feel when you got rejected? And over time, what did you learn in how to handle those rejections? Yeah, so let's let's talk about this with a couple of ways. Let's talk about, the, we've talked a lot about mindset so far. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll continue to do so. But while we do this, I wanna share a couple skills that are applicable for any of the listeners, like literal sales phrases that I think will change the feeling of fearing rejection to, huh? I could say that and that would suddenly feel so much more comfortable. And I don't think that gets taught enough. And the way I teach sales is I call it the anti-sales salesiness. Like how to still be an effective salesperson without any of the salesy crap that so many people are expecting. The anti-sales salesiness. So I'll talk a little bit about that. But to answer your question, uh, Rabbi asked how I felt when I felt um, when I would face rejection. Yeah. Well. Growing up, I don't know if I would go as far as to say I was a perfectionist, but I feared failure a lot. And so there there are two sides when you ask me about rejection. Even the thought of rejection, even the thought of it, scared me so much that I would not take action. Because I I growing up as a as a martial artist, right, every little detail could be the difference between like a perfect score or second place or losing or winning. It can be a matter of one point sometimes. And so I drove into myself early on because of that, whether it had been good or bad, but the need to like be perfect. And so the first thing I would always feel around rejection is I'd feel so scared of it, meaning I was a failure. Um, I would fear it, meaning I'm not good enough it would feel like I would never be successful. It had feelings of like, 
I'm not going to be accepted, whether it be my mom, by my mom and my dad, by society. Like it, it's not a, it's not a logical fear more times than not. It's just what it feels like to the nervous system and to our body. And the thought of rejection would make me feel tingly and, and small. And like, like my breathing would slow down and I would feel smaller in, in my own chair. Um, and so that's the first thing, even just the thought of rejection would scare me. Um, and in the face of rejection, early on especially, I would get like really hot, I would get like tense, and uh, I'd wanna argue back or I'd wanna run. And anytime you're feeling that, fight, flight, flee, sometimes even faint, like you kind of like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't actually physically faint, but that's one of the fear reactions is that you, you faint like mentally. Like you act dumb, like, oh, okay, sorry. Like I didn't know what I was even doing. Like you kind of like check out mentally. That's what, that's what I mean by faint. Um, that's how you know you have a big fear that you should work on. Mm. But yeah, in the face of rejection, the thought of it or in the face of it, I just felt small. I, I felt scared um, and it's hard. Re facing rejection is one of the hardest feelings we can face as human beings. And, and Mike, when, 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 you, when you face your fear, and I think that everybody has heard this before, face your fear. And sometimes the best way to go or to avoid the fire, right, is sometimes to go straight through. Mm -hmm. um, so what happened with you afterwards when you face those fear? And, and according to your story, a thousand no's, Mike, that's a tremendous amount of rejection. But what did it do for you every single time that you faced that fear and you just carried on anyway? Yeah. Yeah. And you keep referencing thousands of no's. I mean, I'm sure it's more than that. Just between the number of doors I've knocked, sales <laughs> presentations I've been on, the number of pitches. Then, like, I mean, this has been, I got into sales in 2003. So 17 years now. I mean, I'm sure it's even more than uh, just a thousand no's. Mm -hmm. um, I'm but, sure. Yeah. But there are a couple of things that come to mind when you say, how did you face the fire? Well, one thing one could do is realize that like worthiness and deservingness, like am I even, does, am I good enough for this? That feeling oftentimes can be overcome by developing a skill, right? Mm -hmm. Deserving is oftentimes, a, it's a feeling, but it's kind of a bullshit feeling in the sense that deservingness comes from our, 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 our mind's knowingness of how much we've developed a skill, right? Do you feel deserving of having your degree in law right now? Well, chances are, unless I don't know anything about you guys as far as, I don't know, unless late at night you study for the LSATs and don't tell anybody and you just study law. But chances are, if you haven't put a lot of time into developing what you would need to be a great lawyer, you probably don't have this like deserving feeling. I deserve to have my law degree. Well, same thing with, with sales, right? It can feel really scary. Like, I'm not meant for this. People will say, I'm not a salesperson by nature. Do you think people say I'm a fill in the blank by nature until they've studied it, practiced it, developed it, right? Why do you think a doctor goes to school for so many damn years? Okay. So number one thing is to develop your skill set, whether it's reading books, getting a coach, role playing, practicing, whatever. Number two, though, is sometimes we just have to picture the scariest thing that could actually happen. Mm. I was just doing this with a client yesterday. I made him picture everything that he was fearing. Like, seriously, close your eyes and picture what the scariest thing is. So if you're fearing contacting an inviting, right? Picture yourself tonight at seven o'clock, sending out 15 text messages 
and all 15 being like, F you, you mother effer, you suck. Like picture the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen. And then show yourself that you're still safe. Mm. Right? Like, oh, okay, even if that happens, even if the absolute worst thing happens, I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it feels like we would die a lot of times when we feel yes. connection. It yes. feels like, oh my gosh, I would, okay, I'm not dead. I'm still breathing, right? Like literally remind yourself of those basic things like, and I'm still breathing and my life is still good and I still love myself. And so, so face the actual fear in your mind first and realize that you'll totally be okay. And number three, the third, so number one, develop the skill. Number two, face the fear in your mind first mm -hmm. and show yourself different. And then number three, um, take it one step at a time. Go small to go big. Go small to go big. A lot of times when somebody's new, uh, we're like, all right, yeah, fine. I'll send 50 phone calls. Well, could you make two? Could you make two with the help of a mentor first? Like go small before going really big. Can you make two phone calls today with a mentor? Then could you do three on your own for a total of five? Don't worry about 50 yet. Go small to go big. And wow. develop the skill would be the three things I would say to somebody that initially just has some some fears of, of rejection. Now, Rob, as we do that, can we talk a little bit about some actual sales skills? Is that something that would be helpful? Absolutely. And, and, and before we go into there, I, we have a couple of questions from the audience coming through. And I think one of the questions, Mike, and that's perfect that, uh, that you just mentioned it. But one of the questions, actually, Andres is asking this. He's saying, hey, Mike, depending on the product, are there actual different sales strategies that you would, uh, that you would apply? And if so, how would you determine which strategy would be the right one? Yeah, I mean, yes. Depending on what product you're selling, changes a little bit of sales strategies. That's why there's not one textbook way to do sales. Yeah. Um, as far as how I would determine it, because of the years of experience I've had, I might be able to determine it on my own. But here's what, here's what I can tell you. Three years ago, I decided I wanted to learn how to sell another service. And I thought all of my 15 years before that of sales experience would automatically mean I could go sell this service. And I struggled with it by myself. So what did I do? I hired a mentor. I hired a coach. Um, I hired someone that had success with sales specific to that product, specific with that industry, because modeling success is the only true shortcut, in my opinion. It's like the one true shortcut um, to success, to take somebody else that's already doing exactly what you want to do with success, modeling what they're doing and making it your own. So to answer the actual question, like, how would I figure out the best sales strategy? I wouldn't try and just figure it out on my own through trial and error. You could do it that way, but I would just go find someone with success, with that sale, with that product in that industry and hire them, model them, do whatever you got to do to study the way that they're doing sales in that way. Beautiful. Yeah, I, th I think that hits the nail on the on the head, Mike. You, you just look have to look what is in front of you and then determine if there's somebody that can help you in a journey, right, to accelerate your, your knowledge and your growth in that area. Um, so I think that's a, that's a great answer. And then uh, somebody's actually asking, uh, because you referenced um, martial arts, right, early on. 
So the question is, Mike, what is the most important lesson when you practice martial arts that you learned that you still apply today when it comes to sales? I get asked this question um, pretty often, and I, I should probably slow down one day and narrow down what the number one uh, one is, Rob, that you're saying. But there, there's so many. I, I started I started karate at three years old. Wow. So so it's been three decades. So it has formed my thinking, my so much, but if I, but number one is that um, development of skill is a lifetime commitment, not a one-time commitment, right? Like it's not, oh, I now got blank belt. I no longer have to learn. Yeah. It trained me early on that growth is a constant thing, just like John Maxwell says. Right? Mm -hmm. John Maxwell, maybe not in these exact words, but says that personal growth is a lifetime journey not a destination journey. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that would be the, if I were to answer with one answer for now, it's that growth and development and the ability to get better. When you commit to that as something you're always doing, it's part of your lifestyle. That's how you truly become great and get better. Amazing. And, and I think I have a question for Angeline coming through. Um, People are wondering, Angeline, how do you, we, we talked about rejection and fear earlier on. So how do you face fear and how do you handle rejection? Hmm. Mike, you've been coaching with me for three years. <laughs> you know how I roll, right? Um, I'm a warrior. I think I'm a warrior. I have that big vision in me. And sometimes when you tell me to do something, it's very uncomfortable. But hmm. I do it anyway. You know why, Mike? Because, you know, I have that vision. Mm. I want to do something that's so big. It's bigger than my own personal fear, personal mm. obstacle that I'm willing to push through. How do I face that, Rob? I think hire a good coach like Mike. Be there for you and coach you and help you grow. It is super, it's super important. Mm. Because, Mike, I'm telling you, I, I don't think I can do what I do. I, can, I cannot grow so much without being coaching with you. Mm. I feel for me, willing to invest in myself, right? Mm. Willing to model success with leverage your 15 years of experience instead of doing trials and error and figure out myself. Mm. I want to accelerate my success by moderate, by model somebody like you who have the results. Yeah. You yeah. guys can, yeah, I mean, Angeline is a perfect example of the things that we're talking about because I think a lot of times we see people succeeding in these industries and we automatically think what? Oh, it must come so easy to them. Yes. They, they don't get scared like I do. Yes. Angeline is a worrier, mm -hmm. right? And and when things scare her, she gets frustrated. Right? She gets frustrated and worries a lot. But the difference between her success in this industry and others, maybe failure, quote unquote, is that she, like she said, she gets really attached to why she's doing what she's doing. And then she does, she just, she puts her head down and she's like, I don't care who's going to do it. And she takes action at first until the fear just starts to go away. So good. So good, guys. So I hope that answers a lot of you questions, guys. For those of you watching, keep the questions coming. We have a tremendous opportunity inside the mind of Mike Chu and also Angeline Weymeyer to get your questions answered live here on the call. Uh, but now I want to give it back to Mike. I, I think you had uh, um, you wanted to go into a uh, direction of sales that you wanted to discuss. So yeah. I, would, I would love to to hear, like, where, where can you take us next? Yeah, so... Let's go over some actual sales skills 
that I, I think are really powerful, right? So a lot of us aren't wired to do sales by nature, like we said. And so we fear rejection. We fear how it, we're going to be viewed. Here are three things that have really helped me feel good about sales, love sales and enjoy it. And so the first one is, so I have three tips. The first tip is whatever you feel most uncomfortable about, say it. Whatever you feel most uncomfortable about, say it. And that vulnerability creates a connection between you and the potential customer. Let me give you an example, right? Let's say I'm new and I'm feeling really nervous about calling my friends and family. So instead of just feeling scared about it and doing nothing or making the call anyways and feeling scared about it, if I'm feeling that really heavy on me, I might say, hey, Uncle Rob, um, hey, so I just started this new role with company XYZ. Mm -hmm. I'm also really nervous. Uh, I was nervous about calling you know, a bunch of my own friends and family because I thought you guys would, I don't know, I just was nervous about it. But I called you anyways because, right? By being willing to stay what feels most scary, one, oftentimes addresses it out loud, makes it real. And we notice more times than not, when we address the fears that we have, how often do we realize just how not scary it really was? Yes. Right? And get, whether it was I was scared to get on a boat or it doesn't mean it's not scary for a moment, but more times than not, we realize that we made it scarier in our head. Yeah. So, number so one is like saying it out loud. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and and it'll create a connection oftentimes uh, with that with that customer. Um, maybe maybe I'm scared of coming across salesy. Well, guess what I'll say? Hey, Rob, I really believe in in the product that I want to show you today. But to be honest, we've been such good friends for so long. I'm nervous about showing it to you because I don't want to come across as like that used car salesman as I explain this to you. So I just want you to know that I'm a little nervous about that, but I believe so much in what we have to show. I still want to show it to you, right? And then that person goes, no, like just do your thing. And now they give you permission to just do your thing instead of you not saying it. So the first tip is whatever you're feeling nervous about, if you state it, oftentimes it diminishes the actual fear. Yeah. Number two is what I said earlier, the win, win, win concept but you can actually bring it into sales. And more times than not, here's what happens in sales. We get too focused on what's in it for the customer. And if we only focus on what's in it for them, 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 that's where the sale, that's where the customer starts to put a wall up like, whoa, you're being a little too salesy. So what I found is a second skill set, a second sales philosophy of what I call the anti-sales salesiness is just tell them what's in it for you. Just tell them what's in it for you. What, what might that sound like? So Angeline, listen, of course I would love for you to join my team, right? I'm growing my team right now. You're a rock star. I'd love for you to join my team, okay? But I also believe that for you, dot, 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 dot. See, sometimes when we just put our intentions out there, the person that's listening to us loses the skepticism because that's what they're sitting there thinking a lot of times, right? They're going, what? What's in it for you? What's the catch here? What do you want from me? When I just tell people what I want from them, listen, Angeline, I would love for us, I would love for you to join my coaching. I would love for you to join my team. But I also want to make sure it's a fit for you. So let me tell you why I think it's a benefit to you. The person trusts you because you're so upfront. It's actually weird. Like you're so upfront that they trust you more because you have nothing to hide. In today's generation, 
People honor transparency in sales because we can find any information we want to in, on Google in, in, in the span of seconds. And then the third and final thing is what I call the balloon effect. And the balloon effect is anytime you feel like you are inflating a balloon too much, inflating being what? Telling the customer how great you are, or how great your service is. Mm -hmm. Anytime you feel like you're inflating, 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 we're great, we're awesome, we're the best, you should listen to me. If you've ever blown up a balloon before, guys, with a helium tank, more yep. times than not, the helium tank blows too much helium into the balloon all at once. Boom, yeah. And then when you go to try and tie the knot, you have to let what? You have to let a little helium out yeah. before you can tie the knot. And so what does that have to do with sales? I know we're gonna wrap up shortly here. What does that have to do with sales? If you ever find yourself talking too much about how great you are, deflate the balloon just a little bit. Mm. And what might that sound like for those of you listening in? A deflate might sound like, so yeah, I think the program's amazing. I think you should join my team. Da, 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 da. You find yourself talking too much and then you go, here's the deflate. But of course, I only want to work with people if it's an absolute perfect fit. Or mm -hmm. I only want you to join my team if you're willing to do the work. Like as much as Rob, I think you'd be amazing at this. I don't want you to join my team if you're not going to do the work. See, your willingness to deflate and tell people you're okay with the not, it minimizes that fear of rejection because you show them that you're okay with them saying no. And now you don't come across as needy, pressury, or attached. So Beautiful. those three sales skills I find really help. State what makes you most nervous. Let them know what's in it for you. Don't be afraid to tell them that. And use the balloon effect. Inflate and then deflate. So good, guys. And Mike, I, I see a lot of comments coming through that people are saying, you know, transparency, build connection and connection makes sales. So they love that. People are saying, I like being honest up front. Great way to deal with your own fears. So I, it, that really stood out to, to a lot of people. The win-win-win concept, people seem to love that. So a lot of golden nuggets here. And uh, I know as we're coming to a close, guys, uh, this was so much value. And, and I appreciate you, Mike, for sharing all these, these years and years of insights into the direct sales world. It's, it's just absolutely phenomenal. And then I guess, uh, Angeline, you and Mike, you both had a surprise for the community today coming in on the interview. I know we're always trying to serve and uplift other mm -hmm. entrepreneurs to empower you with the tools and resources to carry on on your journey. So, Angeline, do you want to talk about that a little bit uh, as we're coming to a close? Maya, I know you're always uh, giving, 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 right? You are the person with the heart of gold. And I know you prepare something that really, really special for our um, community. What would that be? It's yeah, so, so, so Angeline and Rob asked me if I would have something for the community at the end. And um, while there's probably many things I could offer, uh, these are the, the two things that I want to start with, and there's more that you can find. So number one is I have a free Facebook community for direct sales leaders and entrepreneurs who crave being their best self and want to win right within themselves and everything. So the group is called, if you want to go find it on Facebook, it's called Six Packs and Seven Figures. Six Packs and Seven Figures. Well, it might sound like a cheesy tagline. Really, what's that referring to? It's the mindset of I can win with my own health, my own body, my own self, and when with my business because of how I show up. When I show up as my best self here, I show up as my best self there. And in that community, there's free eBooks, free trainings, everything from energy to health, to time management, to sales, 
Um, so there's eBooks in there, free video trainings. Uh, and if you request to join the group, it's gonna ask you how you heard about me. If you just put show or Angeline and Rob or something like that, yeah. me or one of my success managers will reach out to you because you put the fact that you heard about me from the show and we'll chat with you a little bit and get to know about your goals. And what I would wanna offer is then a free 20 to 30 minute consult to get clarity on your goals. It's a strategy session. There's no sales offer on that call. It's literally an opportunity to get clear on your goals, what's stopping you and how to get to the next level. If you join the group and put that you heard about us in the show, me or someone on our team will reach out to you to schedule one of those free consults. Beautiful. So our team is recording that right now, guys, on the chat, uh, six packs and seven figures. It's Mike's group. Go and connect with Mike there and massive value by also offering you that strategy session. Just imagine creating that clarity, right? And I believe like Angelina is a big advocate on creating clarity and the path moving forward. Uh, so I think this has been absolutely phenomenal. I, I today I, I want to thank my my co-host. She has been so phenomenal and always be you know bringing on great guests to the show and and sharing her her willingness to share insights. So thank you so much, Angeline, for being amazing, for always serving, and Mike as a as a friend and also partner of of the show and and, and the business. We appreciate you so much. We look forward to to follow you on your journey as you're continuing to impact so many more people. And hopefully we can get to do this uh, again sometime later, maybe in the fall season, where we maybe reflect on some of the lessons learned today and then do a reflection sometime uh, as we're coming to a close in 2020. Would love to. Would love to chat again. Thank you guys for having me. Bye. Thank you so much, Mike. Have a Have great a day, one. everyone. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Guys, I, I hope that uh, you had a phenomenal, phenomenal time on the on the show today. We're so grateful for Ask Mike. A question, can I answer? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I just wanted to thank our audiences for tuning in live, uh, for coming up with great questions, because this will really maximize the opportunity to talk to some great entrepreneurs, because this show is created to step into our guests, their arena, and for a moment, step into their world and get your questions and the things that you have always wondered about to hear it from inside the mind of six, seven, eight, and sometimes nine figure earners, guys. So we appreciate you. And I think right now we're gonna wrap up with a few more questions from the audience as they come through. So Angeline, if you don't mind, I will read them out loud and, and hopefully can you enlighten us with your wisdom? I would love to, yeah. Bring it on, Rob, bring it on. <laughs> so, um, so, so people are saying, Angeline, uh, I was born to serve, mm. but my family doesn't believe in me. Mm. What do you recommend when people don't believe in you, but you know deep down that you're meant to do something great? I, I totally can relate to you. Um, I was born to serve, right? But uh, when I start my journey, nobody believed in me. But I want you to have clarity for yourself, control what you can control. The only person that you can control is yourself. You can control what other people think about you. You cannot control the environment. If you try to, con try to control the things that you cannot control, in the end, you will be very disappointed. You will drain all of your energy. So my advice for you, it's control what you can control. It's 
control inside. The only person that you can control is here. It's you, right? If you believe you have a vision that you want to create something, who cares about other people say, right? They don't pay a bill anyway, right? Focus on you, focus on what you want, focus on belief, focus on serving, focus on living on your purpose, focus on being the best of you. That's so, so good. And and that's why that's why I love these type of questions. So thank you for the for the audience for 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 asking that, because I think that is very relevant. Right. Mike talks about clarity and purpose. So if you know that you're meant to serve, if you feel it deep down, I think what Angelina is saying that the journey begins in your inner game. Right. You have to reflect on yourself from the inside in order to control your outside environment. Um, and one more thing is, Rob, once you control your inner game, you believe in yourself, you will attract, you will filter the, the, the people out and you will attract the person that who are like minded, that have the same vibration as you. It will filter the the the, 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 the person that doesn't serve your purpose. Yeah, very good. And so I think that that was an absolute powerful way to uh, to wrap it up today. And and people are even saying, Anzaline, I wish it would be longer. I can't get enough of today's yeah. content and the value. And I know, guys, we could go all day long, but I want you to tune in with us next week at 10.15 Central Time, where we bring another phenomenal guest to the show, which we will announce sometime soon. Um, and always, as always, be amazing. Tune in with your life questions. And if, if, if you have anything great to say about the show today, leave us your comments. Let us know. Let us know what you thought of Angeline. Let us know if you have any questions for the next show. And we will be make sure that we will address them on the next call. So for now, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Angeline. I appreciate you as always. And um, do you want to close us out? Give us one more lesson before we wrap it up today. One more, can I answer Maggie's question? Like, I don't have a big network. How do I build a business? Absolutely. Go ahead. Right. When I come to this country, I have nobody, right? Besides my husband, I don't know anybody. So how do I build a huge network like right now? Number one, it takes time, right? So be patient. Number two, be intentional. Um, so how do you build a, a huge network? Um, I used to go to a lot of uh, personal improvement event, right? I go to networking, I get to know people. And here's the thing, people will know somebody like leveraging. Uh, this is another keyword I like to close with leverage, right? If you don't have a huge network, leverage other people's network. If you don't have a, a skill set, uh, leverage, like I leverage my uh, 15 years of experience to learn, right? And I always believe that as long as your vision is clear enough and strong enough to pull you, you will figure out and you will figure out. So good. Guys, there you have it. It's a wrap up. I appreciate you. We're here to serve and I hope to see you on the next show. Have a fantastic week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.